Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa have climbed the league table thanks to four wins from six under Steven Gerrard after a convincing 2-0 win over Norwich City this week. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll also turn that thermostat right up as Frankie asks me another spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that question, it's time I check up on him. Frankie, how are you doing? Well, I'm not doing too brilliantly at the moment. I have, living in London, got what everybody else living here seems to have, and that is the Omicron variant of COVID. Finally, it has happened. Um, I have no symptoms, so I'm feeling all right. So, uh, you know, thanks for asking, nobody. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to ask you, Frankie. (laughs) I'm, I'm doing all right. But I'm, I would have been I would have been the only one. So uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even told my parents like look at the WhatsApp, he's got the two blue ticks, no response. <laughs> no, they're, they're obviously very worried and all that, but no, I'm, I'm all right. And uh, you know, wishing everybody well with you know, there's a lot of people who have COVID now, and I just wish everybody well and stay safe, basically. Well, I have to say, Frankie, I'm sorry that old Uncle Omicron has paid you a visit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you I mean you've avoided it for so you've avoided COVID generally for for so long. It's been incredible i know i know your partners uh, had it had it before and and, mm. uh, and you've managed to escape it it's been a bit you've been a bit like the sort of the, yeah the last last bastion against covid the sort of helms deep if you will <laughs> of uh yeah. of fortresses against the virus i thought you'd never get it You're impervious yeah. to it yeah it's, i'm like i'm like the moment when the uh the, they blow up the wall at helms deep and all the elves <laughs> go flying off into the air they, that, they if exactly, they finally managed to sort of find a, ch- a chink in your armor. They've managed to sort of crack that hole and, and force <laughs> their way in. Um, but don't worry, I'm sure. I'm sure you know Gandalf will be like that. The the booster jab in the distance, <laughs> riding in to save you. Him and all the antibodies come rushing down. Take out <laughs> all the the Urukai, who are the the, the variant. <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, I do have to say that. Um, it did feel a bit like uh, like uh, Villa managed to sort of blow up the Helms Deep of of Norwich uh, earlier this week. Um, it was it was very straightforward, wasn't it? It was quite simple. And it did finish uh, Norwich nil, Villa two. So Frankie, is Jacob Ramsey the new Steven Gerrard? Well, uh, I wouldn't argue against it. Um, he's the future. Every pass he makes is futuristic. He's just uh, you know, anytime he plays one two, I say play it back to the future. Um, that's been my nickname for him for about a year now. You know, I think something we've been saying about Jacob Ramsey for quite a while is um, he just needs a couple of big moments. Um, so last season, I felt like he just needed a goal and that would raise his confidence levels to a point where it'd be like, OK, he's got that goal now. Where else can he go, you know? Um, and then this season, those moments have happened, you know. So he got his first goal against Arsenal which was a great finish. Mm. And then he followed that up by getting man of the match for the England under-21s. So uh, there's two big moments. Obviously, Steven Gerrard then coming in, a midfielder himself. So, you know, that can't hurt, getting advice off somebody like that. And uh, I think something we always felt with Jacob Ramsey was that I always like the way he takes the ball on the half turn. He always looks to be progressive and attacking. He likes playing intricate passes and he, he likes to run at defenders. And this was a moment where it was like he ran from deep ran at the Norwich defence, scared them and then got a goal. And I think that is suggestive to him of what he can, he's capable of doing um, when he progresses with the ball. Uh, so I sort of feel like Jacob Ramsey could have a ceiling that's quite a lot higher than we presently realise. Um, and something else to praise him for as well is just how 
good his defensive work is. You know, against Liverpool, him and Ashley Young had to support Ollie Watkins further forward, but he was getting back and making life hard for Thiago. There was a moment in about the hour mark at Anfield where he tracked Thiago, who's been in great form, all the way back um, against Liverpool, uh, followed him all the way along the pitch, and uh, Thiago ended up giving a goal kick away, um, mm. a Villa goal kick, that is. So, and that was because of the pressure that Jacob Ramsey put on him. Um, his defensive work is really, again, against Crystal Palace as well, his defensive work was really mature. So uh, at 20 years of age, you know, scoring goals like that, looking confident, his defensive work being so good. It's fun to get carried away, you know, when it's one of your own and he's from the Birmingham area and a Villa fan. But like, you know, there is evidence there to suggest that this guy is a serious player and that he can, you know, who's to say that one day he won't be following up that England under 21 uh, man of the match with a first team, you know, England mm. first team man of the match. Mm. Yeah, I, I think when, when he came through, he wasn't like... I mean, there will inevitably be comparisons to Grealish because they're both quite sort of offensive-minded uh, midfielders. But um, but you know, when Grealish went out on loan to Notts County, uh, all eyes were on him. Everyone was, was was saying, even at that time, that that he was the one that was going to come through and uh, and and break into the first team. And 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 he was a once in a generation player. And you know, so it sort of came to pass for us that he was that influential. Um, but with Ramsey, I never really got the impression, even when he went on loan to Doncaster, that that people were saying, you know, got you know, Ramsey will be the next Grealish. Ramsey, you know, is is going to be this sort of this uh, talismanic uh, um, uh, youth player that's going to really um, make a mark on the first team. I, I never, I never really got that vibe. I, I, I think everyone suggested he was talented and he could make a name for himself. But I kind of assumed that perhaps he could break into the first team and he could play a few games. Uh, and granted, it's still very early days, so it may still well be the case. But but I never thought that he'd be as influential as early in his Villa career for the first team. Yeah. Uh, as you say, he got that um, amazing goal against Arsenal, followed it up with... Um, I mean, we haven't actually spoken about the goal itself. Just, he, I mean, he, he took the ball essentially on the halfway line. Mm. Really lovely pass into him from Watkins, just sort of like, just, just sort of touched it off to him. Um, and he was surrounded by what I think it was three or four Norwich players. Yeah, yeah, two or three. Burst, yeah. burst forward, people dropping back, dropping back. Obviously, sort of scared of his sort of forward momentum. Shifted it onto his left, which I I, I think is his weaker foot, and still managed yeah. to uh, sort, of, sort of thump the ball really past Tim Krull. A, a brilliant finish. Yeah, it was uh, and, a, and and a, and a lovely kind of celebration where he's you know grabbing the Villa badge and Villa fans yeah. are singing one of our own. It's 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 amazing and. Yeah, he's only 20. He's still so, so young. Um, and as you say, the ceiling for him now seems to be getting ever higher. I think he's got an excellent manager now in Steven Gerrard who can who can encourage him and get him get him he, going. Um, and, his, ceiling's, and his ceiling's up there with Lionel Richie, dancing on the ceiling. He's, he's, <laughs> it is. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really positive to see. Uh, and, and so he, in, in terms of... The performance generally against Norwich, which was, I think, a great team performance. Yeah. He obviously stood out as, as, as the main man for me. But looking at kind of other players, um, if we if we're sort of talking on the theme of of of, of youngsters, Chukwemeka coming up, coming off the bench and getting that assist, really, really mm -hmm. well taken um, yeah. uh, goal. Uh, but generally, the the, the build up play was was great. Took the ball down, got to the got to the the wing, uh, waited until the pass was on, and. Um, put it across the goal to Watkins and who just sort of had that tap in. But substitutes again, we talked about this um, throughout Gerard's brief tenure as Villa manager. He just, he makes the right subs at the right time and they have an impact. 
um, mm. and and Chopper Maker being one. Um, and uh, and you know you know in in his brief cameos he's he's doing really well and I think he'll push for a start now. Yeah, against agree. against against Burnley. Um, I agree. I th- uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure he'll start very Burnley, but I agree. I think he's definitely pushing for a start. I think, yeah, I think so. And and with Nakamba out now, uh, obviously with quite a significant knee injury, um, you know, Luis came in and did did that job. I thought really well against Norwich. Um, but you know, it does leave that gap in the midfield areas mm. where where Chukwemeka, Sanson, we're, we're entering that that busy festive period, aren't we? Where there's going to be games every couple of couple of days. So I, I would fully expect, yeah, you're right. Maybe if if not against Burnley, certainly over the Christmas period. Chuck will make a sense on those sorts of players will probably come in and start games and let's see how they do because it'd be great to it'd be great to see them getting some minutes now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the the game the other day was uh with Norwich was it was a little bit men against boys in the first half, wasn't yeah. it? We just absolutely dominated them. I mean, in fairness to Norwich um and Dean Smith, you know, they uh great to see you, Sadine, of course. Um, but they they had a lot of injuries. Um Missing key players, uh, Norman, um, Rashica, yeah, Hanley, linked Hanley. Uh, and then Todd Cantwell didn't look fit, I didn't think. Um, no. It was a tough day out for him. He's coming back from injury as well, I believe. So, you know, Norwich didn't have all their players necessarily available. But at the same time, you know, we still, they played really well against Man United just a couple of days before then. And we just w- went to Carroll Road and looked very convincing first half. And it was particularly down the right, I thought, John McGinn and Matty Cash Cause absolute nightmares um, for Brandon Williams and Campbell. Yeah. Like I say, McGinn just had Campbell in his back pocket. Really, everything McGinn seems to do now is just absolutely elite. He's just an awesome player. Um, he's gone up a level this season. And then Matty Cash progressing forward. I love to see Target and Cash being so far forward. It's a mm. bit of a hallmark of Gerard's tactics. Seemingly, it was great to see a Villa fullback joined at the hip with uh, Norwich's fallback in the sense it was our fallback that was attacking constantly and causing them issues. Is the final ball always great? Um, I think he sends in some dangerous balls. I think we could still work on that. I think if we were to criticise Villa, we'd say they should have gone in two or three nil up. But uh, overall, you know, really encouraging performance uh, from pretty much everybody. I think it was only Ashley Young who sort of struggled a little bit. Um, I think second half, we were a bit lethargic, but I think that was probably down to um, the Anfield game. That's a really intense 90 minutes to play away at Liverpool and yeah. defend like we did. Um, so you can, see, I think you could see it getting tired second half. But as you say, you know, fantastic ball from Matty Cash to Chuck Wameka as well. Great work for Chuck, from Carney to put the ball across to Ollie Watkins. Douglas Louise, I think... I think we should talk about like marvelous Nakamba. Really, I mean, it's a big loss, you know, because he's such, he's been excellent under the under um, Stephen Gerrard. Really, um, particularly as our midfields become more narrow, I think that's really helped him. And I think that Douglas Louise did a really great job. Uh, he won the ball that eventually led to um, Jacob Ramsey's first goal. Louise was kind of everywhere, helped bail out the defense on occasion. Um, his progression with the ball was really good. Um, so I think, um, but I think the, the problem with Marvellous being away is that um, there will be games where Douglas Louise suits playing Norwich in that role, whereas there might be games where we play, you know, a more progressive attack, a team that attacks us and we might miss Marvellous a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if we go into the transfer window over January if, to replace mm-hmm. Marvellous. Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, well, that that was that was a question I, I had lined up actually, whether... Whether we will go into uh, January looking to um, 
replace him then or whether we might wait until the summer. Obviously, we still have Twan Zabi on the books uh, on loan who has played in that defensive midfield role. You know, perhaps he could he could come in at some point again over the busy uh, sort of December period. Who knows? Um, uh, Luis did have a good game, but I think you're absolutely right. When we play, um, you know, teams higher up the table uh, with a bit more confidence and a bit more uh, quality, then uh, then perhaps Luis will struggle to kind of play that sitting defensive midfield role. So so we'll have to see on that. It, it certainly was our most dominant performance, I think, of the season. We never looked at all like losing um, Norwich. I can't really remember them really laying a, a glove on us, to be honest, in terms of uh, sort of yeah. attacking from an attacking perspective. We were sort of toying with them. Lovely sort of nice sort of passing into plays, I thought, in the first half as well. Kind of like short, yeah. sharp passing, getting in and around them, just causing, as you say, nightmares for the for the sort of Norwich um uh, fullbacks, um, and and from you know from a Norwich perspective, they would absolutely love to get something from that game. Um, Smith, obviously, being a Villa manager for so long, you'd think that he would obviously know the squad and have an idea about our weaknesses. Um, but it was never really in doubt the result. It was a nice reception for him. I mean, would it have been different if uh, if Norwich were winning? Um, who knows? Um, but uh, but yeah, I think um, I think it was it was a really comprehensive win, and it sets us up now for the um, for the Burnley game. Um, you know, going back to, to to Watkins briefly, I think I think I really think, and I and I hope certainly that he'll go on a roll now. Um, so he's good. really he's really benefited from starting games um being that that kind of main threat up front um mm. and uh yeah he's just a handful isn't he we, we we always bang on about this but but as i say over 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 christmas i think he'll start a lot of games yeah and i do think he'll get a lot of goals um so i'm i'm really i'm really happy that he's he's back in among uh, in amongst it and um and doing so well and how painful must it have been for sardine uh, we all love sardine smith but must have been painful seeing ramsey getting that goal as well because it was he was the one who brought Ramsey through. He gave him his opportunity, um, persisted with him, you know, when all the way through last season. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's going to be it's tough for Dean Smith, I think, at Norwich. You look at that squad and the qualities. Oh, it's good. it's going to be hard work for them to stay up, I think. Um, but you know, wish him all the best and hope Norwich do stay up. To be honest, like because uh, I just like it for Dean Smith and um, yeah, I have a few ties to Norwich. So I kind of hope they do all right. All Villa, no filler on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. I'm throwing some new flavours into this show to crank up the heat to scorching hot in this, the spicy question. It's here where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you, we're almost halfway through the season already, amazingly, who so far has been your player of the year for the Mighty Villa? Well, that is that is an interesting uh, question, Frankie, because so far I think this year has been a bit sort of cabbage and caviar you know we, we start we started <laughs> we started off the season um like very well uh some really good wins you know against uh you know united in particular that one stands out the everton win at villa park as well that was great and then we went through that awful spell where 
there were no sort of redeeming qualities in the players that we put out for five games. Mm. And then under Gerard again, we, we're back, we're back um, motoring forward again. So it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster as we we expected this season to be, didn't we? Remember at the start of the season, we did think it would be a roller coaster. Um, granted, I didn't expect it to be under a new manager, but um, it certainly has been a roller coaster. So it's been, it's been difficult. I don't think there's any player who's consistently all the way through that been been a standout, been driving the team forward even through the bad times. I think spells of form have come in patches for everybody. Um, so it's it's actually, it actually is a genuinely difficult question to to answer. I mean, the name that that comes to mind perhaps because it's fresh in my mind and because his form has improved so dramatically in such such a short space of time is um is marvelous Nakamba. No, um, wow. I, I, I certainly think he's been the most improved player, particularly under <laughs> under Stephen Gerrard. The most improved player award, the one nobody <laughs> wanted as a kid. <laughs> you you were a bit rubbish before, mate, but. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, well done. Pat on the back. Um, but he's been he's been just a transformed player under Gerard. He really has been. Um, I think he came under a lot of criticism under Smith. I think a lot of it unjustified, really, because he was so in and out of the team. He was a bit of a squad player, yeah. and it's difficult to ask somebody who's kind of so in and out to to suddenly come in and be be brilliant. It just doesn't work that way. I think when it comes to football, you got to you got to play yourself into a bit of form, and he's certainly done that under. Under Gerard, and that's what makes his knee injury so um, so disappointing for him. And obviously, we wish him we wish him all the best with his recovery. Mm. It's going to be a long time really before he comes back. I think it could be until the end of the season at least. So, yeah. so or into next season. So we'll, we'll just wait and see on that one. But I think under the new formation that Gerard's been playing, he's thrived in that sort of defensive midfield role. I, th- I think you're right because a lot of our we're playing a lot more um, centrally. I think under Smith it was a bit wider, so he was being pulled across the pitch a bit, bit too much, and I, it just didn't suit his game at all. I think he likes to be sort of a steady figure, sit there in the middle of the pitch and just do his job, win the ball, pass it off quickly to other players, and um, and uh, and just do the simple things uh, right. And he's and he's certainly done that. So it's a shame that he's he's gone a- again in recent games. I'd say Martinez has improved a lot. He's gone back to the level of. Um, of last season, I think mm. now some excellent saves in recent games, particularly um, that Leicester one. My oh my god, yeah, it's just just amazing, save. brilliant, brilliant. Um, and just defensively again under 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 Gerard, we've we've improved. Mings has been excellent. Concer again has just mm. been uh, unbelievable. You know, again we talk about his performance against Liverpool in particular, even though we lost that that moment where they had a break on and it was three players against him and he just sort of calmly just won the ball against Mo Salah, the best player in the world, and just made it look so easy. So yeah, he, he was he was fantastic. Hatton uh, has been fantastic recently. Um so yeah it's a it's a it's a tough one. Um I think it would have been nice to see more of Leon Bailey. Um I think he's been yeah. very unfortunate with injuries. When he came uh, into that game against Everton, I really thought that he was going to, you know, put his foot down and 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 nail down that position uh, on, uh, as a, as a one of our sort of talented, wide, creative players. Um, just hasn't really happened for him because of injuries, really. So, um, you know, he might have a really good second half of the season. Who knows? Um, but but yeah, for me, I, I think as I said, the, the name that stands out for me is uh, is uh, is Nakamba. Um, but yeah, what what do you who do, who do you think has really stood out for you over the course of the whole season? Yeah, I think that's a very fair shout on the camera. I hadn't really considered him, but uh, but yeah, I mean, his last sort of six games have been um, really good standard. And, you know, last season as well, there were games where he looked really good. 
um, particularly the final game, Chelsea uh, at home. He was absolutely outstanding in that game. So he's he's always had it, like he always had something. But I I just wondered whether the form he showed was so inconsistent, whether he was more of a squad player, like a very effective squad player, but not necessarily a starter every week. But the form he's shown in recent times, is sort of thinking, God, he's got to be straight on the team sheet, really. So... As I said earlier, it's a real shame that he's injured. For me, player of the season, John McGinn. You know, I said it before, but, you know, last year there were moments, the last two seasons there were moments where with Jack Grealish, you felt whatever he did would be the right thing. Anytime he got the ball, you thought something good was going to happen with it. He would make the right decision more often than not. And I've got to that point now with McGinn. I didn't always feel like that. Like, in all honesty, I thought there were quite a lot of games I've watched him before where he'd... His passes would go a bit astray and he just wouldn't really be quite, you know, at it. But this season, it just feels like every every game he's grown and he's gone to a level where I just now think he's an absolutely elite footballer. You know, there's a, there's a variety of things. Like, he, you know, against the Norwich game, for instance, kind of bullied Cantwell, really tough tackling, frustrates the opposition, so takes the ball off them. But then progressively going forward, his passing is so confident now. Like, it's not... He's not sending it astray or anything as much as he did. He always looks like he's making clever balls, clever through balls as well, which seems to be becoming more of a feature of his game, I think, than it was before. I feel like I'm seeing it more at least now. Um, and then, you know, Matty Cash sometimes will pass it back to him with that ample derriere of his. He can turn <laughs> and then send on his... And as soon as he does and he gets an angle to cross the ball in on his left foot into the area, you always sense danger and... He did it again against Norwich where he sent it in and Ollie Watkins back post, headed it on target, but um, was saved. And then obviously he had a great shot as well that was saved by Tim Krull from distance. So mm. he has that in his locker as well. So he's scoring more. Yeah. He scored, you know, Wolves Palace, he scored against now this season, which he wasn't really doing uh, last season so much. So he's, so he's getting into these kind of more offensive positions, isn't he? I think particularly under, I think I think that's under Gerard's influence. I think Gerard is telling him to get a bit more forward and he's reaping the benefits, isn't he? Yeah, I just I just think overall this season he's been um he's been really good and I think uh and as I say looking really elite and you hear Graham Sooners talking about how he's a, a player he could play for Liverpool or whatever like that. Well, you know, he's at Aston Villa and hopefully he stays there for forever because it's amazing to have a character like him um who and you hear that he's very good at bringing quieter players out of their shells, he's very welcoming to new players. So it's great to have a character like that off the pitch. Uh, as the same with Tyra Mings as well, who does so much work, you know, politically off the pitch as well and supports people like Villa and Proud. I saw him tweet about that, which was great to see. Um, so, you know, it's great to have two characters like that and two, you know, big characters on the pitch and off the pitch. So um, for me, I think McGinn, just on his form, um, he's just growing and growing. And if he can stay injury free, I think by the end of the season, he, he could be in... It could be a dark horse for, you know, getting nominated for player of the season in the Premier League overall. Um, if Villa can continue their positive form, I think he might be the player that's recognised as having been a big catalyst for that. You know, obviously people have arguments for other players, but for me, I think McGinn's been the man for me. In terms of consistency, I mentioned that obviously at the start of this kind of section of the show, there was no one that really stood out in terms of um, being consistent. But if but if anyone has been relatively consistent this season I think McGinn's McGinn's name would 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 come forward I saw an interview with Steven Gerrard uh in the last week where he said he loves him loves loves the fact that he plays for Villa uh you know he's seen him play for Scotland and Hibs before that um and uh and he's just delighted he gets a chance to work work with him um so you know really singing his praises and we said at the at the um 
uh, we said when when Grealish left that um, it gave McGinn the opportunity to fill that sort of role as as kind of yeah. you know someone who can galvanize the squad who cares deeply about the Villa even though you know he's he's only relatively recently joined us. I think he really is Villa through and through now. Uh, mm. The fans obviously love him. Um, so it does make a difference, and and he's and he's finally kind of fulfilling that potential in terms of filling that Grealish that Grealish hole. So long way that continue. I think um, I think you're right. He's um, he's he, he he probably does stand a chance of um, of being nominated for for awards come the end of the season. It obviously depends on how how well uh, Villa finish. Yeah. Um, but we're we're in with a shout now. You know, we're in the top half of the table now for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's um, a nice feeling. And, and and I think you know the top three will sort themselves out, but I. Do you think from fourth where Arsenal now at the moment, I think on 29 points to 10th where we are on 22 points, any one of that in that group can finish anywhere. Uh, and, uh, and you know, we're the team in form at the moment. Yes, we've lost a couple against against the top three, as we mentioned. But but if we keep playing where we're playing against the other teams and getting results, then who knows where we can finish the season. And I think McGinn will be a driving force behind all that. That was the spicy question and I went for John McGinn as Villa's best player so far this season whereas George went for the great marvellous Nakamba. If you have an opinion on that you can let us know by emailing us at allvillanofilla at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game on Saturday, COVID permitting, of course, which we'll discuss. Um, we'll welcome Burnley to Villa Park. We've had a couple of frustrating results against them recently, but can Villa finally beat Burnley at Villa Park, Frankie? Absolutely. This is the first time in a long time I've looked at a Villa fixture where I've, in the back of my mind, been thinking, well, that's when we should win and not been thinking we'll slip up. Because I think that if you could criticise Villa for the last couple of years, it's always been that we might get a really good result, and then follow it up with a, against a team like Burnley, where you're like, well, they're struggling. We're probably a better side. We're going to get a win. And then we just don't. We kind of just draw on it or, or lose randomly. Um, like last season, 0 0 at home when we absolutely dominated them and just created lives, but just couldn't score. Mm. And then uh, the season before, the 2 2 against them when we were 2 1 up with like 10 to go. And then obviously last season as well, when we went to Turf Moor and we dominated them. First half, probably the best performance we had all season in that first half, to be honest, other than the 7-2 maybe. And uh, they came back and won 3-2. And um, I think it's a, it's a bit of a test for us now, like to say, well, what type, kind of team are we? Are, are we, you know, are we still a team that slips up at home against Burnley or are we a team now that looks at Burnley and goes, now we're going to win? Because the Norwich game to me was, was that. It was like... In the back of my mind, thinking like, oh, will we slip up? And then we just didn't, just went and dominated it, really. Mm. And it reminded me a little bit of the Martin O'Neill era in the sense like going away from home and just being really solid, um, hard to beat, uh, kind of like physically a bit str- strong as well. So, um, I look, yeah, I look at Burnley this weekend and think if we can just outplay them, we'll beat them. And I think we will outplay them. Uh, they like to play the two banks of four, uh, two strikers. So, obviously... Their biggest threat is set pieces, so it's a little bit of an acid test for us. But we've been relatively good at defending set pieces actually uh, mm. recently. So um, it is a bit of an acid test in the sense, like you know, how well can we hold out against that? Because that's what they will do. Um, but just looking at our defence at the moment, I think we'll be all right. Um, 
you know, they'll obviously create a few chances for themselves. But I think, I just think we have the players to outplay them. Um, I think that we can deal with McNeil out wide or Cornet, um, you know, with the way we're playing at the moment. So Ramsey and McGinn can get out and sort them out, uh, supporting the fullbacks. So, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say Villa win it. 2-0. I think you're you're right about all that, absolutely. I think I've been looking at fixtures recently and just going through them saying, oh yeah, we'll win that, win that, win that, win that. Might get a draw there. Um, <laughs> you know, lulled myself. Man into City win that. Liverpool win it. <laughs> yeah. 4-0, easy. Lull myself into a false sense of um, positivity. But um, yeah, things are looking good. Uh, and uh, we just look like an altogether all-round solid, good, talented team uh, should be kind of pushing pushing for the european spots we do like it's, all having lost like, five in a row so like, what's happened but you, you know you know when you you know when you kind of you might look at a team right and you might think okay yeah we're, we're, i'll tell you what we've got some good strikers but maybe our defense is we're a bit of a worry about the defense or you know as we were saying earlier in the season yeah we've got a good defense and i, I trust watkins but our midfield is looking really weak and, and sort of porous now i look at it and just think Nah, like yeah, all, yeah. Over, all over the pitch, we've got we've got talent both yeah. defensively and off- offensively. So we 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 can obviously cause a, any team in the Premier League problems as we've as we've shown. We were unlucky to get get something from those Man City and Liverpool games that we lost. We were competitive in both of those, and in the other games we've won them. So yeah. um, you know, it's 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 really really good to see. The only thing I would say is. As you say, everyone looks at Burnley as the team that we should get points from. Uh, my partner's uh, uh, dad is a Preston fan, and um, he always says that everyone looks at Preston as the team that they should beat, um, but it doesn't <laughs> always kind of like work, work out that way. That they, all, I think, he refers to Preston as like the managerial graveyard because it's like if you're on a if you're on a bad run of form and you've got Preston and then you lose to Preston, everyone's like, oh, we can't, I can't believe we lost to Preston. And then they sack their manager. Um, so, um, so uh, it's like, but Burnley kind of remind me of a, a sort of the Premier League equivalent of Preston, really. You, you feel like you should get a result, but they're, yeah. they're, they're trickier than you, than you give them credit for. I mean, they, they drew nil-nil with West Ham. West Ham in great form, obviously at the moment, you know, challenging for those top four places. And, uh, you know, they, they, they obviously managed to, to hold them. And then a few weeks ago, um, they, Held Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, one all. Yeah. So and you know, so and Wolves as well recently. And Wolves, yeah, 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 exactly. Away at Wolves, so uh, they are a very, very tough team to to beat. Um, so I am expecting more of a challenge, definitely, yeah. because because that's just that's just the team they are. The, the only problem is they probably do lack that little bit of quality where they can score goals. I think they obviously will struggle to score goals, but they can certainly hold teams for sure. Yeah. So. Um, that's where the, the problem might lie. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful that we'll, we'll get something. It is at Villa Park, you know, we'll have the crowds there, but obviously we, we can't, we can't really go beyond this chat without talking about coronavirus and, yeah. and um, the outbreak across the country and indeed how it's affecting um, clubs up and down, uh, up and down the UK. Um, in, at the Norwich game, I think uh, Steer, El Ghazi, Davis, Sanson, they weren't at Carrow Road uh, due to, COVID issues, either they had COVID or they had probably close contacts and they were advised not to not to travel to Norwich. I think the situation at Burnley at the moment is they've got one player who's been affected um, as well as uh, staff. Um, you know, we've seen numerous Premier League games affected recently, loads yeah. of postponements. As of, as of now, this is Friday, early afternoon, the game is still on. Um, I think Burnley were really, really frustrated that the 
game which was scheduled against Watford midweek was postponed with about two and a half hours to go until kickoff. Yeah, yeah. So so you would think that they would essentially demand to know with much more time in hand uh, that, that the game against Villa w- w- is to be postponed. That hasn't happened yet. So I'm, I'm fairly confident that it will, that it will go ahead. Um, you know, as I said, we, you know, we see, we, we did have two games played yesterday, the Liverpool game against Newcastle and Chelsea's game. So games are happening. Um, you just worry that as we enter into January now, end of December, cases rising, that that, that yeah. could be, problematic um so we'll wait and see and i'm just wondering as well you know villa park will it be a full house are people going to be anxious about going out particularly you know days before christmas they don't want to necessarily sacrifice their christmas plans by going to a football game so i'm I'm curious as to what what the attendance will be like i I know villa park they're introducing these obviously covid passes are needed or proof of a negative test within the previous 24 hours yeah so, you know, the club are doing all they can to, and the Premier League are doing what they can to try and um, obviously manage the situation. Yeah. Um, but if the game does go ahead, as, as I mentioned earlier, Gerard said that, that the COVID issues will lead to opportunities for other players. So if, the, if we do play, do you think there will be a lot of changes to the squad? Do you think, as I said, will Chuck will make a start? Possibly will Sanson come in if, if the COVID issues are resolved there? How do, how do you think we'll play and who do you think will play, Frankie? Yeah, um, I mean, first, I obviously want to wish everyone um, very well with COVID. It's obviously so serious and hope that whoever is affected by it is um, doing well um, and just stays safe. But I think uh, what I would say, yeah, Sanson, I think it's a shame. Again, how many times have we said that? Sanson, it's know, a shame. It's, it's <laughs> the poor guy. Comedy, isn't it? Oh, um, and the thing is, like, I sort of said on the day, I was like, well, it's going to be Sanson, isn't it? And it just was. <laughs> I think he would have been in line for a start against Norwich, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd been on the team sheet. But, you know, Douglas Luiz and Jacob Ramsey took their opportunity. So tomorrow, I think if there's a player in line to be dropped, it might be Ashley Young. We all really like Ashley. He's, uh, he was excellent. He did really well against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, he's, he's done really well pretty much whenever he's come on, really. Um, but I thought against Norwich, maybe just first touch wasn't quite right. It had a bit of a sloppy back pass, which nearly let Norwich in. And I think when he came off, uh, you know, in around I think it was the 65th, 70th minute, um, you could it was a, you could it felt like it was time. Well, I couldn't really quite get into it that day, but um, you know, I so mean, I you, can't, you can't you can't ignore the fact that he, I know we talk about how fit he is, but you can't ignore the fact that he is 36. I mean, I'm um, 35 and, and I can't run five <laughs> meters anymore. So. Yeah. I mean, you do have COVID as well at the moment. So well, that's true. That into account. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, he probably does need to be managed a bit more. He obviously is in great shape and, and yeah. stuff. But that's, that's, there's probably is some thinking behind that, I would I would guess. Yeah, that's true. And I think, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, I doubt Sun's going to be there now because of the COVID isolation. If it is COVID, he has it. I, don't, I haven't seen confirmation of that, actually. So uh, Carney, will he come in? I think it could be a day for Carney to start. It's uh you know, he probably won't have gone up against a team as physical as Burnley ever in his life. So that would be, be an experience for him. So if, if anyone was to come in I, and I, I had to bet on it, I'd probably say Carney. And maybe another youth player comes in and gets a gets a game. You know, we haven't seen Jaden Philogene Bidace really since Gerard came in. So he's someone who's probably owed an opportunity at some point. Um, Trezeguet as well uh, mm-hmm. did really well in his comeback game. Um, and I think, you know, he's a player who... Uh, Tries really hard. He's really, really hard working. He tracks back, gets the gets really important goals uh, every now and again. Well, he did for us in the season we came back up. And, 
you know, I think he's a player that because of his application is someone Gerard might, you know, appreciate, yeah. you know, and yeah. they think, you know, that is worthy, that is worth praising and um, giving him a chance, you know, back in the team. So, you know, it'd be good to see Trez back as well at some point. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Trez or Carney tomorrow. I'd be leaning towards thinking Carney might possibly get a start, but uh, yeah, just have to wait and see what Sir Stephen decides to do. Uh, so I've said 2-0. What are you saying, George? I think, as I said before, Burnley are going to be quite hard to break down. And I know we're at home um, and the expectation obviously will be on us to win. Uh, I think it, I think I don't think it will be as straightforward as the game against Norwich. Um, no, so, you know, I did predict 2-0 in the Norwich game, but yeah. I but I did. I did. I think Norwich will put up more of a fight. I, I do think Burnley will put up, put up a fight. I think Dice will demand it. Um, but I do think we'll win. And I think I, but I think it will be I think it will be one nil. I'm going to say one nil to the villa. Okay, thank you everybody for listening again. I've been your host, George Zielinski. See you later, Frankie. Catch you in a bit, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it's goodbye from me for now. We will be back to review that Burnley game. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs>